Welcome to Ageless and Outrageous, your favorite podcast about how to age amazingly. I'm urogynecologist and hormone and sexual health expert, Dr. Kristen Jackson. Every week, my incredible and knowledgeable nurse practitioner, Rosalind Arp, and I share our combined 30 years experience to guide both men and women as they age. Listen as we dive into a variety of topics, including hormone optimization, pelvic floor health, maintaining a vibrant sex life, weight gain issues, and skin, hair, and body changes as we age. These real-life insights are always rooted in solid scientific knowledge. Tune in for a dose of laughter, knowledge, and an honest perspective on the incredible adventure of growing older. Welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is all about the dry and painful vagina, something that affects so many women. And unfortunately, many women may be a little hesitant to bring it up with their physician, but it is one of the most common things that happens to women, not only as we go through the menopausal change, but it's a symptom that persists through the rest of your lifetime. Because once you go through your menopausal change, you remain in menopause for the rest of your life. Many times our patients will try to address the dry vaginal canal only with lubrication or moisturizers, but very often these products alone are not sufficient enough because the, va- the vagina is lacking estrogen after menopause. The vagina has so many estrogen receptors. This means when we lose our estrogen menopause, the vagina suffers more than other parts of the body. This lack of estrogen means that the mucosal tissue or the pink lining of the vagina where the lubrication comes from just really thins out. Vaginal lubrication or moisturizers really just sit on the surface of that lining, causing less friction during intercourse, which can help. But these products do not change the deeper cellular levels of the vagina where our natural lubrication comes from. That's because the main issue with the dry or painful vagina in menopause is lack of estrogen. Once our ovaries have stopped making estrogen in menopause, it's never coming back on its own. So today we're going to go through each of the products you can use to help to improve the dry and painful vagina so that you have a lot of information when you talk to your doctor, and hopefully you'll be able to choose the right product for you. The products we're going to be talking about today are prescription medications that can be used for vaginal atrophy. These are local medications rather than systemic. Systemic medications like hormone replacement therapy circulate in our bloodstream and affect all the organs in our body. But local treatments like we're going to discuss will just stay around the vagina and bladder and treat that area. And neither one of us have any financial incentive for any of these products. We just want to give you information on all of them so you are armed with the best knowledge when you talk to your provider. So the first product that most women are familiar with is vaginal estrogen cream. There are two main brands of this. One is generic estradiol cream, or it may have the brand name Estrace. Estradiol is a bioidentical plant-based hormone. The other vaginal estrogen is Premarin cream which is conjugated equine estrogens. This is made by extracting a variety of estrogens from the urine of pregnant horses, and many of these forms of estrogen are not found in humans. All vaginal creams come with an applicator that is meant for intravaginal use. You fill up the applicator to the mark and place it in the vagina. But you can also put the creams on externally. That means around the vaginal lips, the clitoris, and the urethra. The advantages of vaginal estrogen cream are that it's widely available and it's easy to get a prescription for it. What I love most about vaginal estrogen cream is that it can treat both the inside and the outside of the vagina. And the outside of the vagina is where a lot of women have symptoms. The clitoris needs estrogen so that it can be easily stimulated. 
The urethra needs estrogen to help prevent UTIs and many of those irritating urinary symptoms like burning with urination. Vaginal estrogen cream is the only way we can locally put it on the vulvar area. Some of the disadvantages might be cost depending on how your insurance covers these creams. But the number one complaint that we get from patients is that the cream is messy, and certainly there is somewhat of a mess factor to it. Patients also complain about having to clean the applicator. The cream can get caught around the rim and it can be hard to scrub out, and they only provide you with one applicator per tube, so it's meant to have repeated use. I usually tell patients if they are using the cream to get rid of the applicator and use their fingers instead, especially to concentrate the cream on areas where they are having pain. So that's the best advantage of using vaginal estrogen cream is the ability to massage it into the painful areas. Another way to avoid some of the messiness is to use a blueberry-sized amount of cream on your fingers and just push that inside the vagina. Then you can use an additional amount on any areas where you're having pain or dryness like the urethra. This really helps to prevent some of the messiness because vaginal estrogen cream is so widely available and coverage by insurance companies is getting better and better. And I might add another caveat about using vaginal estrogen cream. In women who are sexually active, we typically recommend that you place the vaginal estrogen cream at bedtime, three nights per week, usually Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, just because that's easy to remember. However, if you're planning on having intercourse those nights, I generally ask women to place the vaginal estrogen cream after intercourse so their male partner doesn't come in contact with it. Small exposures of men to vaginal estrogen cream are not going to be harmful, but repeated long-time exposure might have some feminizing effects on men, so we want to be cautious about that. The other concern, too, is that it's such a small dose that if you use it intravaginally and you place it prior to intercourse, you're just going to dilute the dose and you're not going to get the full effect of the dose, so you're really wasting it. Placing it after intercourse prevents that from happening. This is not a problem if you're applying the vaginal estrogen cream externally to the lips of the vagina and the vaginal opening because you'll massage that in, it absorbs relatively quickly, and even if you have sexual activity after that, your partner is not going to be exposed to any amount of estrogen. The next product is the vaginal estrogen ring. There's only one type. It's called E-string, and it's a small flexible ring that fits in the vagina and stays in there for three months at a time. Patients aren't aware of the ring when it's in the vagina, and your partner can't feel it during intercourse either. It releases small, consistent doses of estradiol to the vagina and bladder. So estradiol, again, is that plant-based bioidentical hormone. The advantages of E-string are convenience. Most of the mess factor compared to vaginal estrogen cream has gone away because the ring is just in there doing its job. One disadvantage, though, is cost. We love the E-string for its ease of use, but it tends to be poorly covered by insurances, and it's fairly expensive. Patients insert and remove the E-string on their own. The insertion is easy because the ring is soft and squishy. Occasionally, patients may have trouble removing it. It's not difficult to do. You just insert one finger into the vagina, hook it around the ring, and slide it out. If you do have trouble removing the ring, I generally recommend that you tie a loop of unflavored dental floss around the ring. This acts just like a tampon string. You can fish out the dental floss when it's time to remove the ring, and it gives you something to hang on to and eases the removal. When we're talking about the vaginal rings, I wanted to clarify the difference between local and systemic products. Um, the E-string is a local product. It's only going to provide estrogen to the surrounding vaginal and bladder tissues. But there are some vaginal rings on the market that are meant for systemic or whole-body hormone treatment. One is called Femring. It provides whole-body estrogen for hormone replacement therapy. Two others are Nuvaring and Anavera, which are actually contraceptive rings that prevent pregnancy. 
So I don't want anyone to confuse the local products with systemic products because they're actually very different. That's such an important point. Products like Femring, Nuvering, or Anovera cannot be substituted for the vaginal e-string. In fact, we have personally cared for a menopausal-aged patient that was supposed to be using a vaginal e-string. That's local vaginal therapy. When she got admitted to an assisted living or rehab facility, they unknowingly substituted her e-string for the Nuvering. The difference in dosage of hormones between these two products is huge. After a period of time of using the Nuvering, she began to have abnormal bleeding, which is a direct consequence of having the incorrect hormone dosage. Once that happens, she needs to be checked to make sure that the hormones have not stimulated any cancer inside her uterus, and of course, she needs to be put back on the proper product. This is why knowing the difference between local and systemic products is so important and that the products are not used interchangeably. Another advantage of the E-string is that we use it in many patients who use a vaginal pessary. This is a small support device that is used to hold up prolapse when one or more of the vaginal walls is sagging down. It's really convenient for patients who are wearing a pessary to come see us every three to four months. At that time, we take out their pessary and clean it. We exchange her E-string, we put everything back in, and she doesn't have to do anything to manage either her pessary or her E-string. This works really well for patients who have dementia or have um, problems remembering to remove their E-string. There are also vaginal estrogen tablets, and these actually come in two different versions, but both are estradiol. One tablet is called Vagifem, and there's now a generic version called Uvafem. These tablets are very small, and they are preloaded into a slim applicator no thicker than a pencil. The applicator slides easily inside the vagina, and you press the plunger and the tablet is deposited at the top of the vagina. The applicator tends to be easier to use as compared to the applicator for vaginal estrogen cream. You don't have to load the applicator yourself, and because it's a tablet, it's a lot less messy than the cream. The negative is that because the tablet goes into the deep vagina, it doesn't treat the opening of the vagina, where we have previously said that many women have symptoms. I've also had some women who are concerned about the number of applicators they need to use and then immediately throw away. You use these vaginal estrogen tablets up to three times a week, so that ends up being quite a number of applicators over the course of a year that are just going into the trash. The other vaginal tablet is called Invexi. This tablet has no applicator, and you just insert it into the vagina as deeply as you can with your fingers. Again, it's much neater as compared to the vaginal creams, but it has the same disadvantage of not being able to treat the external vaginal tissues. Many of my patients have told me, though, that Invexi doesn't decrease as much of the messiness as they would like. Once the tablet is inside the vagina, it melts with your body heat, and then it becomes just as messy as the cream. So switching from vaginal estrogen cream to Invexi doesn't always decrease the mess factor. And just as an aside on the mess factor, women who have been in menopause for a long time and are already having the symptom of a very dry vagina will notice that when we start any of these vaginal estrogen products, they are going to have more moisture naturally. That means the vagina is going to be making normal, healthy mucus. A lot of patients sometimes interpret that normal, healthy mucus as abnormal discharge or infection. Vaginal mucus or discharge varies between clear to yellow, and sometimes it's thinner and sometimes it's thicker, but it's a sign of a healthy vagina. What I usually tell my patients also when it comes to vaginal discharge, as long as there's no associated odor, itching, or pain, discharge is discharge. It's a normal part of the vaginal canal. The final product that we're discussing is vaginal intrarosa. This is a suppository that is used every day in the vagina where some of the other products we use are only used a couple of times a week. It's not an estrogen product, 
It actually contains DHEA, and that's a hormone both men and women have. But when you place DHEA into the vagina, the vaginal cells will actually convert it into both estrogen and testosterone. And there's actually a benefit to having a little testosterone in the vaginal tissues. Vaginal tissues have receptors for testosterone, and they really do plump up and thicken and get more comfortable when there's both estrogen and testosterone present. One of the advantages of Intrarosa is that it's not an estrogen product when you place it. Some women who don't want to use direct estrogen products feel better using Intrarosa because it's only converted into estrogen within the vaginal cells. It's also a daily use product. This might be an advantage for some patients and a disadvantage for others. Some patients feel it's easy to get into the habit of using their Intrarosa every night, while others find it annoying and would rather just use something that's only three times a week. Based on my experience, I would say that the most cost-effective option is usually the estradiol creams or the UVFM tablets because they are generics, but the Intrarosa, the E-string, and Invexi currently do not have any generic version. They tend to be less well-covered by insurance and sometimes can be a little bit costly. So I would talk to your provider and see which one you would qualify for. And if you can't find a cost-effective product on your insurance plan, your provider may be able to compound some of these products through a compounding pharmacy. They just have to be comfortable with that and know how to do it. So my favorite way when a patient is choosing a product for vaginal dryness is to sometimes combine the products, especially if they have both internal and external vaginal symptoms. If they feel the internal vaginal cream is too messy, I'll have them use something like a vaginal estrogen tablet inside the vagina, but also have them apply a little bit of cream to the external tissues so the products can be mixed and matched for the best use as well. And if you've tried a vaginal estrogen product before and you don't really feel like you got the results you wanted, there's very often something else that will work better for you. After treating with vaginal estrogen, some patients still find that they're not getting all the symptom relief that they want. That's when we usually move to recommending some procedures for the vagina, like maybe a vaginal laser treatment or even a microneedling treatment to help with vaginal lubrication and pain. We'll put together future podcasts just focusing on these services. So our goal today was to try to educate our listeners on all the different products that are available to them so that when they go to their provider and talk about this problem, they have a little bit of knowledge. For any provider, the knee-jerk reaction when you complain of vaginal dryness might be vaginal estrogen cream, and this is a great option, but it just isn't the best for everyone. And even though your provider certainly knows about all the products we've discussed today, they may not bring them up you're going to be a much better informed patient and be able to have a conversation with your provider about any of the side effects that you may be having in order to find a product that's going to work the best for you. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. No information from this recording is intended as a diagnosis or treatment for any disease. If you are enjoying the show, please subscribe so you don't miss any of our exciting episodes. And we love to hear from our listeners and would be grateful for your positive review. We'll talk next time.